0: Win at Work and Life with Nikki Bush is the podcast where you and I get to explore what it means to win at both work and life. Today, you get to choose how to create a life of meaning and self expression that includes both your work and life outside the office with your family. Please send through your comments, questions, and topic suggestions to info at nikkibush.com. And don't forget to share Win at Work and Life. With your friends and colleagues to empower them to win at work and life too in today's podcast i have a very special guest colin hall a friend and a colleague and somebody who is a seasoned business leader who has spent 60 years leading large teams of people in the south african corporate environment he was a main board director of the beer division at SAB and CEO and Chairman of True. and he spent the past 25 years with his son Steve Hall heading up learning to lead so Colin as I know him is a leader of people he's a leader and a motivator and Colin I really want to welcome you to win at work and life to my podcast. This is a really special interview because you've got so much wisdom and experience. And I think that your perspectives over this COVID-19 time are going to be really valuable. You and I have had conversations about the fact that this might be a point in corporate history where we get to rewrite the human resources playbook. So over to you to share some of your insights.
1: Well, HR, as it's now known, human resources, wasn't always HR. Before that, it was called personnel. And when I first started work, it was called staff or recruitment. And all that you did was you got an approval by the Chamber of Minds to work because you were healthy and you got a number. That's evolved from there. So then it became staff, then it became personnel, and then it's, HR or human resources and some people call it human capital (laughs) but you know the honest truth I've backed that all the way through my corporate life and it hasn't worked it hasn't worked because what we have missed is that the key to successful work and to successful life and to successful home isn't skills it isn't experience it isn't key result areas it isn't performance appraisals it's energy energy <laughs> and that word wakes me up in the morning and sends me to sleep at night because it's an absolute special word energy is like a battery let's just use that metaphor because i think that's quite simple when your battery is fully charged your car can take you anywhere you like When your battery's flat, you can't get it out of the garage. (laughs) (laughs) And what we've missed in the work situation is three fundamentals. The first is that the key to performance individually and in teams and in organizations is energy, is battery. We've missed that, and I'll come back to that in a minute. The second thing we've missed is that work isn't the only place that people live and so we've assumed that if you're happy at work, you're happy. <laughs> and if you leave work happy, you're going to be happy at home, and if you come from work, if you come to work happy, you're going to be happy all day. That's the second big mistake. because you can't separate work from home. and not only from home, but from sport and from play and from fun and from meaning. And the third thing, and this is the biggest mistake we made, and I made it, spent fortunes. On team building exercises, birthday parties, drinks on Friday nights, all the things that make everybody happy, happy, happy. Missing the fundamental that I can't motivate people, only people can motivate themselves. I can't charge your battery.
0: You raise such an important point because in my work over the years with parents, I often ask my audiences, so what is your wish for your children? And the first hand that goes up is happiness. And the second hand is success. And then I ask my audience, so can we make anybody else happy? And can we make anybody else successful? And the answer is no. And people kind of look quite flabbergasted because the realization is that, as you've alluded to with your your battery analogy, we can only create our own version of happiness and success. And we as individuals are responsible for that. And I guess what you're saying is that Corporations and businesses have taken on that responsibility over time instead of tasking individuals uh, with being responsible for their own energy and their own battery and their own motivation.
1: Right. There's a, a word that they use now that's fashionable in this corporate environment, and that is the word disengaged. A disengaged person is a person, in my language, who's come to work with a flat battery.
0: <laughs> yeah. Disengaged.
1: In sense, there's somebody who is not committed to the work situation and is not getting pleasure out of it. Now, horrifying is that the percentage of disengaged in South African corporate life is about 90. 90%,
0: 90%.
1: 90%. That means one out of 10 comes to work with energy. The other nine don't. They wait till the end of day, five o'clock, and then they go home in the traffic and they lose all they've got anyway. And worse than that, of that 90% that are disengaged, that are not bringing positive energy to work, 40% bring negative energy to work. And they use it disruptively. So what have we got? We've got a mess. (laughs) I'm always fascinated watching the people coming back from holiday on sort of early January, first Monday of January or the second Monday of January, and everybody thinks they're excited to be back at work. Unfortunately, that's not true. So we're making bad mistakes and we're going to have to put them right because if we're going to go into a new world that COVID is going to cause, the most important thing is to go to that new world with charged batteries. Flat batteries are not going to get you there. In fact, you won't even make it to work because you won't make it through the traffic or you'll have an accident. So my concern always is the difference between flat batteries and fully charged batteries. When your batteries are fully charged, everything goes better, everything. You sing better, you dance better, you cook better, you golf better, and you work better. When your batteries are flat, you're useless, you're dangerous, you're an accident about to happen. So it's just as simple as that: that when my energy's high, when my energy bubbling, I'm fantastic. And when my energy slumps, I'm not. So one of the reasons that we need to understand why, 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 why is that so? And what we found, and I'm no neuroscientist, but I read a lot and I believe what they say, is that one of the reasons is that there's a direct connection between the thinking process of your brain and your energy. And in the thinking process of your brain, there are some chemicals like dopamine and serotonin and words that are too complicated for me. But when your energy goes down, those chemicals stop working. Now I, in our programs, we often laugh and we say, "Can you remember a double period at school?"
0: Oh yes, <laughs> terrible, especially if it was maths or science for me. <laughs> that, yeah. was, that was like purgatory.
1: They wilt. <laughs> you say, "Did you learn twice as much?" No. <laughs> well, the reason is very simple: As your energy goes down, as you, the time drags on. Those chemicals just delete, deplete, and then you don't learn what your teacher is teaching you. And after class, you say, how was that class? Oh, terrible. <laughs> and so what the brain then does is instead of thinking, it starts to emote or respond. And it says, ah, she's useless. Or, oh, what a terrible subject. Or, why do we have to study this? So the reason why you're... Energy is so crucial to everything you do, is because it connects directly to your brain. It doesn't only connect to your brain, though, it connects to every cell in your body. And I'm currently fighting chemo, and I can tell you that the immune system responds to energy. When you're depressed and depleted, you're not easy to cure. But when you're positive and your battery's full, your immune system bubbles. So that's it. That's, that's my view on
0: it. So that's really because you open up your energy center to flow. Uh, it's, it, there's, there's no interference with the, the negative emotions that one feels, um, you know, when, when you allow yourself to succumb to, as you say, the feelings of a double period of maths or, <laughs> or the fear. Like you're talking about, um, you know, uh, fighting cancer and going through chemo that you're giving your immune system support by actually feeding it with the right energy and the right um, emotions, the right mental patterns. So you've spent a long time, uh, a lot of your your time during chemo actually focusing on how your mind works and how you're feeling and how charged your battery is. But um, in terms of human resources. You gave a speech recently at Disrupt and what did you stand up and say at Disrupt?
1: Well, at Disrupt they give you five minutes, not one second more than five minutes and if you speak over five minutes they cut you off. And so my topic was the end of HR and the beginning of HE and HE stands for human energy. The sooner the HR department moves to the fun part of humanity, not the lousy part with all that admin and all those, those exercises with the CCMA and all those retrenchments, which are going to be uh, plentiful. It's a, the fun part. The fun part is to have a bunch of high-energy people working together effectively, understanding that their energy is crucial. Watching, as you say beautifully, the flow of energy in the workplace and having fun instead of the situation that now is so disengaged. So I think that if I was in HR, and I often wanted to be, I would be excited about becoming the first executive in charge of HE. (laughs) as I would become as competent as, as I could about my own energy, my own battery, And that's an important point. Where does energy come from? How do you charge your battery? And I would be wanting to share with all the people who work in my organisation the ability to charge your own battery, not motivation from me or from the boss.
0: So you're saying let's stop relying on external motivation and start relying on internal motivation, taking responsibility for ourselves. What? I like to talk about human connection, Uh, finding ways to connect with ourselves, which we're really bad at for the most part because we've become so reliant on external motivation, and also finding ways to connect with each other as human beings, whether it's colleague to colleague or in the family situation, parent to child, child to parent, partners, spouses. The historical way that Contracts have been put together, that human resource policies and practices have been designed, has been around the profit of of the corporation. Um, They've not been designed around human beings and human connection. And yet to lead lives of meaning, human connection and human energy is absolutely fundamental.
1: I always laugh. The last lines in the chairman's statement is always, I treasure my people in the organization. I thank the people in my organization. Without the people in my organization, we wouldn't be where we are, and it's rubbish. Most often it's rubbish. So you talk about connection, and I'm happy to use a word that's similar, and that's about relationships. That's where energy comes from. And years ago, I learned from a wonderful lady, Margaret Wheatley, who wrote, a book called Leadership in the New Science. And she convinced me, not easily, but she convinced me that relationships are all there is. So the only place that energy can come from is out of relationships. And there are three that we think are most important. There's the relationship between me and me. (laughs) And when I say me and me, I mean the real me, the unique column, the one and only, not everybody likes it, but the one and only column and the ego column, the ego I. That's the first one, and I'll come back to that one. The second one is the relationship between I, me and others, and that we call the relationship between the real me and the real you. And the third one is the relationship that I think most bosses have thought is the most important, and that is that sense of belonging, that I need to belong to something bigger than me. That's So that's the real me and the real us. And we need to belong not only to a business that's successful, we need to belong to a church or a community or a family or, for that matter, to the planet and feel good about it and make a contribution to it. So that's where energy comes from. It comes from those three relationships. And it's actually quite easy when you begin to understand where it comes from and how to change it. Should we spend a minute on that?
0: Yes, absolutely. Let's look at some of the practical ways on how we can actually change
1: that. Well, let's start with the me and me. Let's start with the real me and the ego I. All of us have an ego, and the ego does all sorts of funny things in a day. It acts. It tries to win an Oscar. It's trying to convince the audience that I'm talking to now that I'm fantastic. <laughs> It's trying to convince a pretty girl that I see in the street that I'm not 81. It's trying to convince an old person that I'm younger than they are. It's spending its time acting. It's trying to be somebody that I'm not. So there's a constant battle between the real me, which is stable, can't change, it's made the way it is, and the actor and the Let's choose one, uh, doesn't matter which one. I'm gonna be, anyway, an actor. Now, <clears throat> the more we are in ego, the more negative energy we create. Because when you put your head down on the pillow, you know you were talking rubbish. <laughs> you aren't real. And there's a lovely story of a small boy who stopped to watch some woodcutters, on you know, statue makers, cutters. Uh, at the side of the road, and he asked the man, How do you do that? How do you get a giraffe out of that piece of wood? And the woodcutter considered the question for a minute and then said, It's easy, son. All you do is cut away that which isn't the giraffe. Now, think mm. about that. Mm. Cutting away that which isn't the giraffe is the secret of finding the joy and the energy of the giraffe. So, we have simple tech tactics for. How do you spend time, little bits of time, saying I want to do more of what I love, what gives me energy, and less of what I don't? I want to cut some of these things out because they don't work. for They are ego things. So we come back to that perhaps, but the magic of it is that the more you become real, the more you enjoy being the unique person that you are, and the more you can cut away the ego, the more energy flows. Now move to the second relationship, the relationship between the real me and the real you. Now imagine if you and I approach each other as the ego me, Colin, and the ego Nikki. Where on earth are we going to end up in a mess, right? Because I'm going to be acting one game and you're going to be acting another game. So the magic of relationships is when the real me, Is privileged to meet the real you. And that starts, funnily enough, with a greeting. So often our greetings are superficial, hi, we wave at each other. And I don't mean a damn thing. But in the East, they've got a lovely greeting, which is namaste. And when you greet namaste, you stop and you look into the eyes of the person that you greet. You put your fingers, your hands together and your fingers touch each other. And they are the five senses. You bow slightly. And namaste means that which God made real, unique, and the blessing in me greets in awe and wonder that which God made unique and special and the blessing in you. Now, when you start with that, you're on the right track. The flow, you open the tap for the flow. Colin, at the
0: moment with COVID-19 and everybody, Working remotely from home for the first time with no dress rehearsal, which is a scary thing to happen you know companies who who make decisions ahead of time to send uh, you know to to shut down uh, head offices <coughs> and send their employees to work from home usually do this with like a three to six month dress rehearsal to iron out all the crinkles and the wrinkles and people are are really working from home under duress under less than ideal and perfect conditions. And I've just written a a white paper called Keep Your Business Running and how to mitigate the biggest risk in your business right now, which is your people who are actually fairly freaked out and and very stressed, working under duress. And in, in, in what I've written, I'm talking about the fact that we need to connect with people as human beings and actually ask the question of our employees and team members, how are you doing? But really being interested in how are you doing? How are you making it work? And for each person in the team, it's going to be something very different because of the makeup of each home, each family, how many children, how old are they? What are your working conditions like? Uh, you know, Are we actually interested in people's working conditions? Do they have a, a door that closes or are they in an open plan situation? How can we be realistic of our expectations of people and how their batteries are running if we don't actually – take the time to get to know who's in our team, to work on those relationships that you've been speaking about, to work on the points of connection that I speak about. And how do we, how do we journey with each other over this disconnected time? We did it pretty badly beforehand. Anyway, now we are more disconnected than ever. And and how do we use work as a form of self-expression? You were talking about chipping away that which is not the giraffe. I like to say if if you can see work as a form of self-expression and see your home life, whether you're a dad, a mum, a partner, spouse, as another form of self-expression, it's all about The one being, it's expressing who you are, not just what you do. And that's truly important when we're talking about your energy and your battery and everything that you've been alluding to. So how are you doing? Do you think that's an important question right now?
1: No, I think it's the most critical question. Because if if COVID hadn't come, the corporate world, the work world was heading for a collapse, right? There's no doubt about that. We're doing it wrong. So it's inevitably and there's a, an end result that's not going to be satisfactory. COVID has changed it radically and fast. So if you ask me what the batteries like around the world, I would say lower than they've ever been. <laughs> and people don't know how to charge them. They don't even know that they're there to charge properly. So when they go home and, and you you face the fact that you're going to be at home all day with your wife and with your children and they're going to be pestering you and so on and so forth, it's going to take a lot of adjustment on people's part to recover the ability to charge their batteries using the relationships that are around them differently. You're not going to an open plan office at (laughs) ESCOM. And you're not going to get into a car and drive in the trap. You're going to sit at home from the morning to the evening. And I don't know, you'll sit with your children too, probably. So it's urgent. It's absolutely urgent that people realize two things. The one is that when your energy is high, however you express that, you're going to do better. You're going to survive better. You're going to think better. You're going to be a better father. You're going to be a better worker. And the second thing is only you can charge that battery. So the more we can help people to understand how to charge a battery, the better. Because okay. they're gonna need
0: So what are your hints and tips for people at this time for charging their batteries? phone me (laughs) (laughs) well we can talk about that so what resources do you have when you when you're working with companies because you've been doing this work anyway you're going to continue to do this during COVID, post COVID, because this is this is how you find meaning in your life in your work working with people has always been your skill uh and and how you have created meaning for yourself so um what are the basic principles that that uh you've been using with companies that you are continuing to use now and that you use with yourself because I think that they've they're the same thing
1: sure what are the principles very simply it's how we choose to behave towards one another and towards ourselves and towards the planet now that sounds simple but it actually isn't and the reason it isn't is because people behave according to the way they see things right and the way that most people see things is a negative creates a negative energy. So let me give you one example. If you see the world as being competitive, that it's the survival of the fittest, right? How do you behave towards other people? <laughs> to so win, of
0: course, Power. we're talking power, are we not? Yeah.
1: Well, if you see it, that it's a survival problem, then you make sure you survive. And you can do that by being racist. You can do that by being anti women. You can do that by saying older people are better than younger people. You can do that by saying whatever you want to say. But that's ego stuff. If your picture, on the other hand, says every person in this world is unique, namaste, then you move towards those people differently. You want to know what they can do. And Nikki, you and I have done it. What can you do that I can't do? And what can I do that you can't do? And what can we do together, all mm. right? Mm. There's another classic picture that makes people behave in a silly way, and that is that there's only one version of the truth, and I've got it. So if that's my picture, <laughs> believe me, Nikki, you're never yeah. going to be cleverer than me because I'm older than you, because I'm a man and you're a woman and that, and that, and So what do we do in our behavior? We move apart instead of together. We don't move towards children because children are stupid by comparison with us. There's another one that's classic, and that is that the, the world, that only things that are measurable, that are tangible, have value. So what do we do? We fill our houses with things we don't need.
0: Mm, let's stop. <laughs> and we
1: brag, Yeah, we brag to the world and we make ourselves victims of the capitalist system. So slowly, what I think COVID will teach us quite quickly is that some of those pictures aren't right, that it doesn't help to say I'm better than you because COVID won't take any fuss with that. It will say I'll choose who I choose. So behaviour is determined by the way people have by the way they see it, one another. And I think that's changing. I mean, hopefully permanently. In my neighbourhood here in Newlands, there's an... There are neighbours who meet each other that have never spoken to
0: each other. <laughs> it is quite <laughs> remarkable, isn't it? What um, you know, when we put in a tough spot, it sometimes brings out the best in people. What did they say? Necessity is the mother of invention. So right now, we find ourselves reaching out to people we wouldn't normally reach out to, shifting some behaviours, uh, thinking about people less fortunate than ourselves, having to reinvent what life looks like. What Going to work looks like what educating children looks like. In fact, I think there's just we're sitting at a very profound moment in history where we could reinvent everything. But it goes back to what you're talking about. It's it's very dependent on how you see the world, the lens through which you see the world, and which power pictures you're actually using.
1: So we found over 25 years that there were six pictures. We call them red pictures. That determine red behavior, and red behavior is behavior that creates negative energy. So I'm right and you're wrong, I'm better than you, you don't matter to me, you're unfriendly, I've got more, a bigger car than you've got, that kind of stuff. The opposite of those pictures, and some people have got them too, are the blue pictures. and the blue picture says there might be another version of the truth. <laughs> Let me listen. So the second thing after greeting is listening, and we're the world's worst listeners, most of us. Another picture is that, that the world is disconnected, that other people don't matter to me. Well, we're learning that fast now. <laughs> in a funny way, because we're being disconnected forcibly, but we don't wanna be disconnected forcibly. So we greet a neighbor over the fence that we haven't spoken to in 16 years. Insane. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got six red pictures and six blue pictures. And when people have learned that there's another alternative way, then they've got choice. And when humans have got choice, then they're going to be able to say, which will charge my battery and which one. Now, I just have a vivid picture because I know you do a lot of talking on this subject, but I see so many examples where dad gets home and says to the son, How was school today? Mm. (laughs) (laughs) What's the (laughs) fine? What did you learn at school today? Nothing. (laughs) That's the end of the conversation because it can't go any further because the son doesn't want to talk to a low-battery dad and the low-battery dad hasn't got patience to listen to the son or the daughter. So it's a behaviour pattern which has been created mostly in the capitalist world, which says that I've got to look after myself versus you, against you. Mm. So I use power against you, right, instead of with you.
0: <laughs> mm. Mm. And we, it's such a, a default setting of ours to need to win.
1: Yes. Win what? <laughs> what do you need to win, right? Sometimes when there's a, a, a white line drawn around four sides and there's a tennis ball and a tennis racket, The game is designed to determine a winner. But think of another game. Think of a game of beach bat on the beach. (laughs) Who's the winner? We are the winners. Mm,
0: mm. How how many times can we hit the ball and keep it in motion
1: as opposed to me beating you? you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah.
1: And frisbee's a bit the same, but tennis isn't and rugby isn't. But that's because we designed them to be win-lose games. But the funny thing that when the British first landed with convicts in Australia and they tried to teach Abbots to play soccer, football, the Abbots loved it, but they played until the scores were equal and then they stopped. <laughs> Isn't that magic?
0: That's an amazing so, story.
1: So that's the sort of thing that we're going to hopefully learn from COVID. But to be hopeful and not just to talk theory, We teach, Stephen and I. In fact, what Stephen has taught me is you don't teach, you help people learn. That's a big difference. Uh, And so what we've done to try and help people is we've put everything that we do onto a video-based program and we're giving it away free. So if you ask me, what can I do about charging my battery? I say, get the program and get started.
0: And how do people get hold of the program, Colin?
1: They just have to let me know, and I'll send them the link. In fact, and could put the link.
0: Okay. So, what? What? Where should they get hold of you?
1: I think the best place to get hold of us is on is on our website. Okay. www.ltllearningtolead.co.za
0: That's fantastic. And that'll be an amazing resource for people over this time. Colin, I'd really like to thank you for your time this morning and uh, for inspiring us um, in how to be curious, really, about where we get our energy from and to take responsibility for our own battery by listening to ourselves, by listening to others. being curious about how we could maybe see life differently to make life work together as opposed to me versus you and who's going to win this game and you've given us some interesting pictures and I know that we could do an entire show just about your six pictures because they are absolutely fascinating and people should really know about the six red pictures and the six blue pictures but i loved how you ended um you know the, that you say that you and steve are not teaching people you're helping people to learn for themselves and it is about embracing the lessons that we learn along the way and owning those lessons and i think that COVID-19 is not just about disrupting the world, it is about personal disruption. And it's about, hopefully, rewriting that human resources playbook and changing it to human energy versus HR. I think that's a really beautiful way to put it because there's so much feeling and energy in that. So, Carl, well, thanks again for being on Win at Work and Life with Nikki Bush. And I would just like to remind our listeners to share this podcast with as many people as possible, to share Colin's learnings and his insights, to help more people to be empowered to win at both work and life.